Yeah, so the power of testimony. If you want to turn with me to, there's two verses we're going to look at in Revelation, which is right at the back of the Bible, if anybody doesn't know. Okay, it says, they triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. And that is talking about us. So we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. And when we come to salvation, because um, I think from looking around, everybody in this room has a point where they met God, or the majority of people in this room, they had a point where they met God and they knew their lives were transformed. They said yes to God. And that's our point of salvation. And when when te- the word testimony is used, so it's a report, it's a witness of what God has done. But we can put testimony in this box that says, well, that's your testimony about how you came to God, how you got saved, how you were born again, when you said yes to God that moment. But the wonderful thing is that th- that testimony doesn't stop, does it? It go- God works in our lives and he's always weaving stories in our lives. So Jesus came and we declare and we proclaim his good news. But it doesn't end with what's written in here. We are li- the living letter of what God's up to. And that excites me so much. I love hearing good news. I love it when we testify to God's goodness. And um, there, is, there is power in testimony of what God is up to. And people need to hear it. You know, we as the body, as the saints of Christ need to hear that. And the world needs to hear that as well. And God is, is doing unique things in all of our lives. So I just want to go back to, to, to me, really, and um, how I became a Christian. And uh, I, I grew up in a Christian family. And I can't actually pinpoint the day that I said yes to God, because that's all I've ever known. My, my parents, who they're not sitting in this room right now, but they're part of this church, um, they started following God when they were in their kind of mid-teen years, and they've chosen God ever since, and they've served him and his people, and they've been faithful to God, and God has been so faithful to them and our family. And um, so that, that's my testimony. And I was kind of coerced into believing a lie, really, when I was in my probably early to mid-teens, maybe even into late teens, that I didn't actually have a testimony. Because all these people that um, I would come into contact said, well, yes, I, I got saved on the 8th of September, 1986, or whatever the date may be. And um, wouldn't that be funny if that was somebody's date in here? <laughs> Um, yeah, so I, I was never able to, to say that, to actually pinpoint a day, a time. Um, and I think it's cool when people can do that, because that's how God showed up in their lives, and, and they know it. But, yeah, I, I was coerced into a lie from the enemy, really, that I didn't have a testimony, I, that I didn't have a story to tell, because it's all I've ever known, because I never went from being, you know, a bad girl to a good girl, um, or from a life of drugs into a life of freedom from drugs, or whatever, you know, whatever it may be. And uh, God, God really showed me that I have been saved from the same hell 
as anybody else who's said yes to God, as anybody else who's been saved. So we've had a guy called Daryl Tunningley. Hands up if you know Daryl at all. He's been here before. He was um, a convicted criminal. He spent time in jail. He was a drug dealer, drug user. And God met him in prison through the Alpha course and radically transformed his life. But and, and he has a great story, and he can impact people that I, I can't with his story. But God really showed me that I am delivered from the same hell, the exact same hell that he has been delivered from. Therefore, my story carries weight because of what I've been saved from. And uh, so, yeah, I just, I just wanted to say that as an encouragement. If you are in the room and you're thinking, hmm, you know, I don't really have a story to tell. You do. You do. Every single one of you um, who is living life with God, who has is, who is chosen to live life with God, has a story to tell and an ongoing story, not that, just that salvation story. Okay, and so that is how we, we triumph because of our point of salvation, which is only because of the blood of Jesus, isn't it? That's the only way that we have been saved. And then by the word of our testimony, so his working in our lives, his goodness in our lives, and the stories that we have to tell. Okay, I want to flip to now Revelation 19, verse 10. It says, I'll read it from verse 9. Then the angel said to me, write this, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And he added, these are the true words of God. At this, this is John speaking, at this, I fell at his feet to worship him, the angel. But he said to me, don't do that. I am a fellow fellow servant with you and with your brothers and sisters who hold to the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for it is the spirit of prophecy who bears testimony to Jesus. In some translations, it kind of says it the other way around. It says, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Now, I've read that quite a few times, and I've just read it as the words that it is. But to understand that um, is, is so helpful for us. So what that is saying is that when we testify to the goodness and the power of Jesus at work in our lives, what it does is it sets the stage for God to do it again in somebody else's life or to do it again in our own lives. Um, so um, the word testimony... The, the, in the Hebrew, it means to re- repeat, well, it means to bear witness to, but then it comes from the root word to, to do again, to repeat, to duplicate. And this is what God is all about. I don't know if you have a testimony in your life and you found somebody else who has a similar testimony, but, or you've prayed for someone and you've told them your story and then you've prayed and it's happened. But this is what God wants to do. He is the same God. So um, I want to encourage us as well that when we hear a testimony, just because it's not our testimony or, you know, it might be, you know, our, our friend in the church's testimony, just because it's not ours, it doesn't mean that we shouldn't share that. If that person that we encounter needs to hear it, we need to release that testimony because God wants to do that stuff again. He is the same God. Um, yeah, so what, we, what prophecy does is to either change the future or to change the present. So when we release our testimony, when we tell of our story, of the goodness of God, of of his healing power, his power at work in us, um, it actually can change things right in the present moment or the future moment. So, you know, God is supernaturally on the move. I I love all the songs that we sang this morning, just 
yes, just my spirit just resonated so much with those. And God is on the move. Um, has anyone seen the Chronicles of Narnia? So there's this bit where, um, you know, when Father Christmas comes along and he's got gifts for the kids and, um, and they, they hear the bells and they think the white witch is coming, but it's actually Father Christmas. And then from that moment, um, things start melting. And I, I can't remember which character says it, whether it's for Father Christmas, but he says spring is on its way. Aslan is on the move. And I, I just love that. That just gets me. I'm like, yes, you know. The lion of the tribe of Judah is on the move. King Jesus is on the move. And he's working supernaturally. But what is awesome is that he wants to partner with us. That he doesn't want to do it. Just He wants to supernaturally work through us, in us and through us. And that, that just excites me. So you, he needs you. He needs you and your story that you've got. And, um, you know, we, I do believe that we are a testimony of Jesus by how we live our lives. You know, our, our actions, our attitudes, uh, the way that we do things, but we also have a mouth. And I believe it is so important because in the Bible it says that our words carry the power of life and death. And so what we release with our words is full of power. And, and God wants to use our voices, use our words. And we will come into contact with people so um, Emily will come into contact with people that I will never, ever meet in my life. And she has an opportunity with those people to tell of the goodness of God, to give her story, whatever it is, however little a thing it is or however big a thing it is that he's done in her life. Um, and the same for all of us because of where God's placed us. So I'm just, I'm excited about what is to come, what is to come on this estate. Um, just to, to kind of go into a bit more depth of uh, what Ben was sharing about youth, I'll hold my hand up and, and admit that I found Friday night really hard. So I'm, I'm here every week for youth. And um, although I wasn't actually there the previous week when these, this group of lads came, and I felt really, I felt unsettled, and they were very boisterous and kind of rowdy and hitting each other and, you know, just, yeah, very boisterous. And um, I just found myself like praying in tongues for them, just for peace to come. And Ben wanted to um, sit them down after they'd had fun on the Xbox and stuff. And he wanted them to just sit down. Just He was just asking for a few minutes, really, to share um, Jeremiah 29, 11 with them, which is, God says, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. That's the thought that he wanted to leave this group with. And they... They weren't listening. They, you know, it's banter all over the place. I'm sure you've encountered, you know, groups of lads like, or girls like this. Just banter, 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 whacking each other. And, um, and then I can't remember what was said that changed things. But I think one of them asked Ben a question. And he started telling them about his life before he became a Christian. And he was caught up in drugs and stuff. And I'm not going to say his testimony because I'm sure he's going to bring that out one time. But he has an amazing testimony. And these lads, they quieten down. Not completely pin drop quiet, but they quieten down and they started listening to him because it was his story. He had, and it, you know, he, he was out there with the fact it was God who brought transformation in his life. And then, um, you know, it's the Bible. Yes, it is, it is wonderful. This is a whole 
book of God's love, a collection of books of God's love and his goodness to us. But like I said before, he's carrying this on through us. And we have real stories to share with people who, they want to hear it. They might not think they do. They might banter about, but they, something catches them. And we need to take those moments. And I believe that um, these lads, um, they had loads of questions. And we didn't have time to really do all of that. And it wasn't really the right atmosphere. But I believe that God is going to build on what just that, you know, those few sentences that Ben said that caught their attention. He's going to build on that. Um, so, yeah, so that's, that's really exciting as well. Um, yeah, I heard something the other day that um, somebody said, you can't have a little bit of God. And I just, you know, it's such a simple thing, and I know that, but just the way that that is phrased, you can't have a little bit of God. So if God makes your little finger tingle, that is the God of the heavens and the earth, our creator, um, the lover of our soul, Jesus Christ. You know, he's making that happen. If he's, you know, you'll know if that's him. But what I'm trying to say is that just because, like, your whole body isn't, you know, shaking or tingling or whatever it might be, it doesn't mean that it's a little bit of God. God is God. So whatever he has done, whatever he's spoken to you, however little it may be, that is God. It's his involvement in your lives. And I I just love that to hold on to, that God is God. You know, however I encounter him, I don't encounter 1% or 2% of him. I encounter him, everything that he brings with him. So, yeah, that's exciting as well. How am I doing for time? Okay. Um, Yeah. In particularly the Israelites in the Old Testament, they would put down stones or make altars from stones according to what God had done in their lives. So I won't... I'm not going to go through all the references. There are many if you look in the Old Testament. But they would make an altar to praise God, to remember what God has done. And um, just as I was mulling all this stuff over, I just felt God um, say that, remember, remember what I've done. Because, you know, when we're healed from something, we're healed, aren't we? And then life goes on and we can go at it again when we've been healed. And we don't necessarily remember what actually, in that moment, what God had done, what it was like before when we felt ill to, to how we are now and how we can function. And um, so I really want to encourage you, go back, go back in your life. Um, remember, remember what God has done. And whether that's writing it down or just mentally remembering it, making a note on your phone, because God is going to draw those things back out because of the people that you're going to encounter. Um, And, you know, I remember things in the moment sometimes that I think, whoa, how did I forget that? You know, wow, God really moved powerfully or he said that to me and he directed me this way. And, you know, um, remembering just brings us to that place of thanksgiving for what God has done and that ability to recall stuff when we come into conversation with somebody, when we um, encounter somebody who's got something that we might have had in the past or is in a situation that we might have had. So... I wanted to share something. So I was thinking about, okay, what testimonies do I have? Um, Because, you know, if I'm saying this stuff, then I need to be doing this as well. So I'm I'm backtracking in my life thinking, okay, what have you done, God? What have you done, God? What do you want to call to memory? And um, there was, Mark and I had just started dating. And I think we'd, we'd been dating for about two months. And I got really ill. 
and uh, I just thought I had like flu and um, then one night I just I couldn't stop shaking and my head I felt like somebody whacked me over the head with a hammer it was that painful and uh, that heavy and um, I called my parents and I the shared house I was in I was in the attic room with like a, a Velux window right in the attic and I didn't have the strength to walk down the stairs I just couldn't I was just shaking too much. I threw my house keys out of the Velux window. Thankfully, my dad caught them, and it didn't smash a car window or anything. And they took me to A&E. And uh, I just remember laying waiting in A&E to be seen, and with my head on, I can't remember whether it was my mum's or my dad's lap, but just laying there, I was just not in a good way at all. And finally, I got seen, and they said, oh, we think you might have meningitis from from what you've described to us so they they admitted me and I, I spent I think a few days maybe maybe two only two or three days in hospital um and they did lumbar puncture and stuff I didn't have meningitis praise God but I had a kind of meningitis type virus and it left me really poorly and I recuperated I had to recuperate for I think a few months and I did go back to work in that time but I wasn't really right. Um, eventually, I felt like, yeah, I've got more energy. Okay, I can, I can go back to work and start doing stuff again. And um, actually, in that time when I was sick, Mark became a Christian. So he wasn't a Christian when I met him. And uh, I was, so that's a, a testimony as well, wrapped up in this testimony I'm telling you. Um, I was actually recuperating at home, and Mark had started going to church with us, um, with my, me and my family. I think he'd been a couple of times. And then... He went this one Sunday and he went without me, and which I was really pleased to hear. And he came to see me and uh, bring me some lunch or something after the meeting. And he walked in my room and I was like, oh, you look a bit different. And he was just, he was just shining and radiant. And I was like, what, what's happened this morning, you know, at church? And he was like, well, I gave my life to God. So, in the midst of me being sick and stuff, he gave his life to God. Um, and then the fo- so I, I got better from that. I got stronger. Um, and then the following year, we got married in the June. And, um, and then it was only probably a couple of months after that, I just felt slammed. I felt not for six physically, and I felt like I had a similar virus to before. And um, I, I'd been seeing doctors and stuff all throughout that time. And they just said, oh, you got a virus, you got a virus, you got a virus, you got a virus. It's <laughs> like, okay, well, I know I've got something like that. Anyway, this one doctor, Dr. Bear Park, I won't forget her name. She said, we need to get some blood tests done for you, which no other doctor has said. I don't know why I'm looking at Alison. Um, no other doctor has said that. Um, and I was like, okay, it feels like we might get somewhere with this. And it came back and I had glandular fever. Um, and I had glandular fever for about six weeks, really bad. It was in acute form. And then I kind of recovered, got back on my feet. And then every month, I would get into this cycle of being hit hard, like for a week or two weeks out of every month, I'd just come down with like a bout of this glandular fever. And it would get me in my throat. And I don't know if anybody remembers me being in this place at all who's here, but... It would get me in my throat. My throat would feel like it was on fire and I would lose, pretty much lose my voice and I just felt like all the energy was drained out of me. And every month I went through the same thing. And um, I'd been, I guess it was like maybe 18 months 
of going through this. And, um, and one morning, and loads of people prayed for me, and Mark had been praying for me. We'd been praying together about healing, just to ask God to heal me. Loads of people at church had been praying for me, probably some of you in the room. And um, this one morning, I remember, don't remember anything that happened in the service that morning, but afterwards, the leader of the church at the time, Jonathan, he came over to me, and, and i never forget, I can just picture exactly where it was in our old building at Ashwood Centre. And he said... Just all morning, I've just seen this cloud, this dark, dark cloud round you, physically round you. And I'm going to pray this morning that God breaks that off of you. And it's, it's a sickness that is in your body. And um, like I, I, sometimes when you pray a lot for stuff and it doesn't happen, you can feel disheartened. You can feel, oh, you know, yeah, people have prayed for me. Nothing's happened. Oh, I just need to get on with it. You know, eventually one day it'll go away. Um, but I have to say, I'd, I hadn't felt like that at all. I'd had low low points physically and emotionally and mentally as well. But um, I'd never felt, God, you're not going to heal me and I just need to not bother praying. Um, but this morning, that morning, I felt a rise of faith um, that I believe joined with the faith of Jonathan who was praying with me. And there were other people around me who joined with that. And I got healed. I got healed that morning. And, and from that point on, I didn't go into this cycle again of every month having this. Occasionally, you know when you've had something and there might be a weak spot in your body, a weak point, occasionally like if I get really tired, overtired and stressed, I can feel it in my throat a bit. But I don't come down with that that I had. So I was healed. And you know, I forgot about that. So I've, God's just reminded me that of this week. Um, it's so easy to forget what he has done. So easy. So that is, I tell that, um, because actually we're going to pray at the end for healing. But I tell that to just encourage you to remember. Remember what God's done because he wants to do it again. And he wants to use us to do that again. I hope you feel encouraged. I always, my aim is to encourage and just to challenge us. And um yeah, just remember, write stuff down. Ask God to to really highlight things in your life that he's going to draw out in the future. Um, so, yeah, I do want to pray for healing. I, I feel like just sharing that testimony. Actually, Bill Johnson from Bethel Church, wherever he goes, he shares testimony of God doing stuff. It's, it is usually about healing, but it's because when we speak of God's goodness and what he's done, it creates the environment, the climate, the culture for him to do it again. Um, and so, yeah, we need to keep sharing, keep sharing what God is doing. Even if it's, it, it doesn't matter that it's not from yesterday or a week ago, we think, oh, it's not fresh. So I, I can't share that. No, you know what? It might be just the right thing at the right time for somebody. In this house, we are real. But we also make mistakes. And when we do, we make sure we say sorry. We give second chances to anyone. And we also have lots of fun. In this house, we definitely forgive. We also do loud. We give the best hugs. We are family.
And in this house, that means we, we love. love.